The race to Mars is officially heating up and escalating, as you saw on Apple TV's For All Mankind, episode 3 in her third season. It was an episode of drama, revelation, divided loyalties, and a return to outer space. It was also a moment for both Margot and Danny. Let's have a beer and recap episode 3 of Apple TV's For All Mankind. But first though... Let us begin. Hello everyone, welcome to Bruce Stilled. I'm your host Brandon, and welcome to this edition of Bruce Stilled. I'll be recapping episode 3, For All Mankind, the third season on Apple TV. And by far what an amazing episode, with several storyline surprises, major revelations, drama, but also a major episode for both Margot and Danny. The race to Mars is heating up between Helios, the United States, and the Soviet Union. Who will win? We'll find out eventually in this season. But before I recap this episode, what beer am I pairing for this week's edition of Bruce Stilled? In my recap of episode 3 from the third season of For All Mankind from Apple TV. We'll have the beer with me right now and it's called Hardywood Bourbon Barrel Crew. This fine beer is a product of Virginia. It's a Belgian slash quadruple beer with an ABV at 12%, aged in bourbon barrels. Now this beer is very malty. It has kind of like a clearish coloring to it, like a caramel slash toffee coloring to it. Also the very sweet flavor. This is a beer I'll definitely have with desserts, not necessarily with a savory dish. It definitely has a nice medium coloring to it, but it also is very much a very mature beer with a very warm finish to it. Now tasting this beer, it definitely got the sense of like toffee, caramel, some sweet candy-like flavors in this beer. There's also a hint of raisin at the same time. And it did have a nice combination of the fruity and candy flavors in this beer, but it was also very sweet. Sweeter than I'd imagined, which is why I say this is more of a dessert beer instead of a savory beer. I got mine a 12-ounce bottle, and also while analyzing the flavors of this beer, there's also a hint of vanilla in this beer as well. Almost like vanilla extract, but definitely very much vanilla-style flavor in this beer, which really does stand out to further progress into this beer when tasting it. But overall, it's not a bad beer. It's more of a unique bourbon barrel-aged style beer beer that definitely does have a lot of flavors in it, but a lot of these flavors competing with one another get your attention. So the bottle does make notes of other flavors in this beer, but I definitely tasted more of the toffee, the caramel, the vanilla, and the sweeter flavor of this beer. I believe by tasting this beer, there's like a sense of competition with all the flavors to get your attention, but in a way they all do to further progress into this beer, you definitely have all the flavors all mapped out. But definitely is a very sweet beer like I mentioned earlier, definitely nothing savory, they definitely say you could have with any kind a meal, but I would definitely say this is more like a beer you have with like a dessert, I'm saying like a chocolate cake. As I think the intensity of the chocolate cake and the more sweeter mild flavor of this beer will be a perfect match. The bottle's also very nice, not too big, and I like that because bourbon barrel aged beers tend to come in very giant bottles that might be too much for one person, but this one here is just right, by coming in a 12 ounce bottle. And this beer is also made by Hardywood Park Craft Brewery in Virginia, marking the first appearance of Hardywood here in Bruce Stilled. And naming that beer is Hardywood Bourbon Barrel Crew, a bourbon barrel aged style Belgian beer that definitely has a good sweet flavor to it and also makes a very good dessert beer, but also very nice sweet bourbon style beer, definitely worth 
checking out. And also it's worth noting that one of the characters in For All Mankind, Margot Madison, is also a big fan of bourbon. So I felt it made sense to have a bourbon barrel style of beer here in Brewer Stilled to honor Margot Madison. And the name of that beer is Hardywood Bourbon Barrel Crew. The beer pairing for this edition of Brewer Stilled and my recap of For All Mankind Episode 3 from Season 3. And also before I begin my recap of For All Mankind Episode 3 from Season 3 from Apple TV, if you haven't seen the show, do not proceed forward because there will be spoilers. Ready? Well, here we go. So here I go with my recap of Episode 3 from the third season of For All Mankind from Apple TV. Episode 3 starts off with a pretty interesting montage that occurred between the events of Season 2 and Season 3 between Margot and Sergei in their conferences in London at the IAC conference. Now, this was a conference that Sergei called Margot about at the end of Season 2, asking her to join him for a drink which in the end was not what it seemed, as it turns out that Sergei is working with the KGB in order to use Margot to get information about NASA in order to benefit the Soviet space program, which unfortunately for Margot has turned out successfully not only for Sergei, but for the Soviets, but also Sergei's also being used, which we'll find out more later in this episode. In this montage, we see Sergei and Margot in an elevator throughout the years. At the end of the day of this conference, they're making small talk. It's definitely a good moment between the two of them, you can tell there's a sort of chemistry, but at the same time though, I do see hesitation between the two of them, particularly with Margot. It seems that Sergei's more into the moment, but we all know he's working for the KGB, so he's there to get information from Margot, but Margot's more guarded, more cautious. She's not sure about Sergei, even though she does seem to enjoy his company. In the final scene of this montage, there definitely is a climactic moment between the two of them, where they briefly hold hands in the elevator, only to be interrupted by another attendee of the conference. They then take their hands away from each other, not wanting to be discovered by this attendee of the conference, but it also was a moment between Sergei and Margot, which is also a defining moment in their unique relationship. The background music in this scene is also pretty unique because it does have a somewhat mysterious and romantic feel to it, as it does appear to be hinting that Sergei and Margot might be going towards a more romantic direction in terms of the relationship. But despite all this momentum between the two of them, they do come from different worlds. Margot's from the United States, and Sergei is from the Soviet Union, and they're also working for nations who are not friendly towards one another, as there still is a space race going on right now, with Mars now the new IT destination for the Soviet Union and NASA. So this does get in the way of Margot and Sergei, but there will be more about Margot and Sergei later in this episode, and it does open a major revelation for Margot, and also will show the consequences of her actions by collaborating with Sergei. It's after the montage between Sergei and Margot, and where we go to NASA headquarters, and where NASA is now scrambling, given the results of Dev's announcement, and where Helios is going to be going to Mars, in the 1994 launch window, in order to compete with NASA and the Soviet Union. NASA is now scrambling because you definitely got to keep up with not only Helios, but also the Soviet Union, as it's also clear the Soviet Union also wants to get in on the race as well by being the first one to Mars. We see an interesting moment between Bill and Elena, which does seem to hint at a rivalry between the two of them, as Elena and Bill both had their own ways to get to Mars. We also see Danielle and Danny sitting next to each other as main pilots for the Mars mission for NASA. The whole scene is very much a scene that shows a lot of tension in the room, as right now NASA is very much in a desperate situation to get to Mars before Helios and the Soviet Union. 
And Marga also makes it known that President Gary Hart wants to ensure the United States gets to Mars first. And this time not second place, just like what happened with the moon landing. So it's made clear in this meeting that Dev and Helios have definitely changed the game in terms of the landscape and the race to Mars, and where NASA is now scrambling to get a launch date in order to compete with Helios and the Soviet Union. We then transition to a scene at the Phoenix, formerly known as a Player Space Hotel, in where Dev is giving Ed and Karen a tour of the Phoenix, formerly known as a Player Space Hotel. Now, this is the ship that Ed is going to be commanding in the mission to Mars for Helios. But as Dev gives a tour of the bridge, he definitely gives some news about the crew that doesn't sit well with Ed, which involves having a poet on the crew and also having most of the ship automated without human control. Now, this doesn't sit well with Ed at all. He's about to lose his temper or it does appear that way. Karen does agree with Ed and tells Dev that Ed needs to have full control of the ship in order to have human intervention in the event something goes wrong. Now at first Dev doesn't seem to agree, he tells the crew to halt the work, and first says that he made a mistake. Now at first when he said this I thought he was going to fire Ed, and find a new commander for a space mission to Mars or Helios, but in a surprise move, Dev agrees with Ed and Karen, and tells the crew to configure the flight controls in order to make it to Ed's specifications, instead of having it automated, which does give Ed the control he wants on a spacecraft known as the Phoenix. But even though Dev is willing to agree to Ed on this, and is willing to make the modifications on the Phoenix in order to add specifications, he can't help but think that maybe Dev has some kind of ulterior motive. I mean, he did agree with Ed, but Dev, right now, is still a mystery in this series. Does he have to get intentions he says he does, or is there still something else there that has yet to be discovered? That there remains to be seen, but right now Ed will have full control of the Phoenix to his standards, and Dev is giving us full support. But you can't help but think that Dev is hiding something. We then go to a scene between Danny and Danielle. They're over at NASA headquarters training in the simulator for NASA's mission to Mars. But in this moment, in this scene, right in the simulator, Danny is struggling in where something he does causes the simulator to shut down as he crashed in the simulator as they're going to be landing on Mars. Danielle asks Danny what's going on. Danny says he has a lot going on in his mind right now that he could recently close on the house. And as wife wants to have kids right now, Danielle's happy for Danny here, but she also knows that there's something going on with Danny that not all is right with Danny. So she tells Danny to shut down the simulators for the rest of the day. Danny leaves the simulator, but Danielle is right there behind him watching him. And in her face, it's clear that Danielle knows there's something going on with Danny. Something that's not right. Which will come later in the episode. But Danielle knows that not all is right in Danny's world. Danny leaves NASA headquarters after the day is over with the simulators. You will see a statue that's a memorial for Tracy and Gordo. Which also gets Danny's attention before he leaves NASA headquarters. Now my interpretation of that moment means that Danny... Danny was probably meant to see that monument, that memorial for his parents, Tracy and Gordo, because right now he's going down a very dark road, and it's going to get even darker for him in this episode. But Danny seeing the memorial was also a major moment in the episode, and he also can't even bear to look at it at the same time, that it appears that Danny was going down his own path, and definitely not the path of Gordo and Tracy. But it was also there for Danny to see, and I think it was also for a reason. We then go to a scene where Kelly Baldwin arrives back from Antarctica to NASA headquarters, and where she meets a Danielle Poole, in where Kelly's able to convince Danielle to put Kelly on the NASA mission to Mars, even though Danielle thought that Kelly was going to go to Helio's space crew because Ed is her father. But it also does show in this moment that Kelly wants to break away from her family, that even though she loves her family, she loves Karen and Ed as her adoptive parents, it's also known that Kelly wants to chart her own course and wants to remain with NASA, including going on her mission to Mars with Danielle. 
So what I see in the scene is that Kelly wants to chart her own course. She loves her parents, but she also wants to go on her own course on her own mission to Mars and not be under the shadow of Ed. We then go back to Danny who is at the outpost, hanging out with another woman who is not his wife, over drinks and shots of whiskey. He ends up seeing Karen enter the outpost. This causes Danny some distress. The girl notices this on Danny, and they end up leaving at Danny's suggestion, and it turns out that Karen is at the outpost to meet with Aleda. Aleda is there working on stuff for NASA, and Kelly tries to recruit Aleda to join Helios, to be part of Helios, in which she also make a lot more money, also have stock options and full benefits. Karen does make a very convincing argument to why Aleda should join Helios and leave NASA, and also tells Aleda that she could join Helios and not be under Margot's shadow, also referring to Aleda as Margot's girl. Despite this though, Aleda takes out the moon rock that she got when she was on the moon, and she tells Karen that it was Margot who got Aleda to the moon, and not Helios, and where Aleda tells Karen that she's going to turn down her offer and stay with NASA. Karen doesn't try to argue with Aleda, she doesn't try to convince Aleda otherwise, and politely excuses herself from the conversation, but it's also clear that Aleda knew she had an opportunity here, and the look in her face, because watching the scene right now, the look at Aleda's face does tell me that she's probably maybe considering the offer, but she's also very loyal to NASA, and also very especially loyal to Margot, her mentor at NASA. We then see Danny and a girl he met at the bar at a swimming pool at a house, which I thought was probably Danny's house, even though he is married, and before the situation can escalate, Danny dives into the pool to get his wedding ring, as he does have his wedding ring off his finger, only to come up from the water to see the police there. It turns out Danny and the woman he was with are arrested as they are trespassing on the house that Danny once lived in. It turns out though the police know who Danny is, they know that he is Gordo's son, and because of this they do let Danny go, but it turns out that Danielle does pick Danny up from jail, she gives Danny a ride home, and there's a tense moment between Danielle and Danny, in where Danielle does tell Danny about his past, and we learn some things about Danny here in this scene, that Danny was once in a car accident 8 years ago, and also it occurred when he was at the Naval Academy, that Danny was also on drugs and alcohol, and that he's also currently in rehab at the same time. And because of this, Danielle tells Danny that he's no longer on the mission to Mars. Danny tries to protest it, but Danielle's not having anything of it. She tells Danny that he needs to go and be with his wife, and not be around other women, and not go down a destructive lifestyle he was once going down in this episode. But it's clear though in this scene, that Danny appears to be going into the route of Gordo, that Danny is going to become like another Gordo in this series, unless something changes. And we then get a moment between Aleda and her husband, are arguing about the idea that Aleda turned down Karen's job offer to join Helios, and also what to do by Aleda's father, who's also clearly exhibiting signs of dementia. And Aleda and her husband do not find any kind of agreement in this conversation, as they both had their own viewpoints of what to do about Aleda's father, and also about Aleda's career prospects. But one thing that does stand out in this scene is that when Aleda tells her husband that she hasn't seen any signs of dementia in her father, that's when her husband tells Aleda that she's never home. Something that really does strike at the court of Aleda, in terms of her lifestyle and also her devotion to NASA, much similar to when Margo has. We then see Danny's wife, Amber, at home, preparing dinner. Danny comes home, much to her surprise, as she was expecting him much later in the day. Danny responds to her by telling her that training has ended for today, but he also tells her he wants to tell her something very important, something that also does scare Amber, Danny's wife. Before Danny can tell her anything, which we don't know what it is, we don't know what it is in the scene, as it's never revealed what Danny was going to tell her because a phone call came in from Ed. Ed is calling Danny from Helios, as Ed is fully aware of Danny's relapse, and also being taken off the NASA mission to Mars, and in this case, Ed offers a job to Danny to be the pilot on the mission to Mars, where Danny accepts the offer immediately, and also tells his wife about that at the same time after the call. But also in this 
scene, it is not revealed what Danny wanted to tell his wife. Was it about his relapse? Was it about maybe he's not happy with the marriage? We'll never know because right now Danny told his wife he's going to Mars. She tells him that she knows. So whatever Danny was going to tell his wife in this scene remains a mystery. And Danielle goes to Helio's headquarters to meet with Ed and where Danielle tries to convince Ed to take Danny off to Helio's mission to Mars, but Ed will not do that. Ed tells Danielle that Danny needs a purpose in the same way that Gordo needed a purpose back in past seasons of For All Mankind. Now this does show interesting contrast between Danny and Gordo because Ed was able to get Gordo back into space and now also Ed is also able to get Danny back into space at the same time despite Danielle's objections. And after getting Danny on a mission to Mars with Helios, Ed makes the announcement to Helios conference room and Karen's reaction to this, the idea of Danny being on a mission to Mars with her ex-husband is one of shock and disappointment. So Karen just cannot get away from Danny and now Danny is going to be working with Ed in outer space on the Helios mission to Mars where I do believe the revelation of Danny and his involvement with Karen is going to come out in what I see as one of the major bombshells in season 3 that has yet to come Come out. The episode now transitions over to the latest IAC conference in London, and where Dev is also attending as well, and Margot meets with Sergey, and where they discuss their shared animosity towards Dev and Helios as the third player in the race to Mars. This is something that both Sergey and Margot have an agreement on, that they don't want Dev involved in the space race at all, they don't like the idea he's at the conference, but the main issue here is the idea that they're having a final drink, they both go up the elevator just like that same elevator at the beginning of the episode, only this time, Margot and Sergey go back to Margot's hotel room, and this is where things really start to get more unique for the two of them. There's a moment in this scene where they're both in separate rooms, looking at themselves in the mirror. Now, I think this is no accident. The idea of Margot and Sergey looking at their reflections in the mirror does start to tell a message to the two of them that time has passed. They're now at a critical moment in their relationship, and them looking at the mirror is telling them a lot about themselves because at the beginning of the episode in that elevator, there was a moment where Sergey was wearing a wedding band showing that he was also married just like what we saw at the end of season two but here we are this climactic moment in this hotel room both of themselves looking at themselves in the mirror afterwards Margot tells sergey that he can kiss her which really does show that this is indeed not Margot's comfort zone in terms of romantic relationships and also having a partner because in seasons one and two we never saw Margot with another guy we never saw her dating anyone sergey is indeed her first known to love interest they make out briefly kiss briefly, but Sergei stops, he apologizes to Margot. Margot is perplexed at what is going on, and where Sergei goes into a tangent about the Soviet space program, which really does confuse Margot. Sergei tells Margot the Soviets do not go to Mars, they'll be relevant and weak. This is something he's trying to tell Margot, and then he makes a pitch for Margot to give Sergei the designs for NASA's nuclear engine, which is something Margot says she will not do, because she says it has a military purpose to it, which Sergei tries to say it does not, but it does not convince Margot otherwise. It's very much a very climactic moment between the two of them, a very rough moment as well, because Margot trusts Sergey, and Margot also does remind Sergey about the relationship, their working relationship, of what they agreed to share with one another, as long as it did not share a military purpose, such as nuclear designs. There is then a knock on the door. It turns out that Soviet agents have been monitoring the situation all along. Margot is then in her hotel room with Soviet agents who make an attempt to strangle Sergei to threaten Margot in order for Margot to share with them the designs of NASA's nuclear engine. 
And on top of that, they also have compromising photos of Margot talking with Sergey, and they also remind Margot that she's been working with them for nine years in terms of sharing classified information, and that the FBI would see her as a spy and a traitor. They then give Margot a phone number for her to call in the event she changes her mind, and it's also not known if she gave them the nuclear design in this scene. And there's also a scene at the outpost where Kelly meets Ed and Karen at the outpost for dinner, and in this scene, Kelly tells Ed and Karen that despite the offer from Helios, that she not be joining the Helios mission to Mars, as Kelly tells him that she intends to stay with NASA. At first, Ed does not agree to this, but he soon comes to accept it. Margot then goes back to Houston, and where she's devastated about the whole incident, there is a moment where her assistants tell her that there's a record for her at the store, presumably from Sergey. She tells him to send it back, which seems to hint that Margot is done with Sergey. Bill is then in Margot's office, and Bill tells Margot that he's leaving NASA to take a job with Helios, as it's clear that Helios approached Bill after Helios is turned down by Aleda. Margot remains silent and Bill leaves, but it's after Bill leaves and Margot says goodbye Bill, but Bill is not there to hear it. It's just that right now Margot's world is turned upside down. She has just realized what she has gotten herself into by working with Sergey, not knowing that instead it was all going to the KGB. So Margot's got herself in a very tight spot right now in this scene and also in this episode. As she is now woken up to a harsh realization about her life and also her future and career at NASA. We then get a shot of a lady at the NASA control room, which does a time jump to two years in the future. It were now two years in the future at the end of the episode. Elada is now a flight director at NASA, while Bill is the flight director at Helios. In this final moment in the scene, two years in the future, NASA, Helios, and the Soviet Union are all making their launches into outer space to go to Mars. Helios is launching from outer space onto Phoenix, while NASA is launching from the moon on their new shuttle to Mars, while the Soviet Union is launching from planet Earth. And it's also worth noting that Margot's watching the Soviet launch, the look in her face does show that she indeed did give the Soviets NASA's nuclear engine design because the way the camera shows a shot in Margot's face and also watching the Soviet launch, it does give a shot of the engines, which really does show that Margot did indeed give the designs to the Soviets and the look in her face is also one of horror and shock. And Margot's then notified by her assistant that the President of the United States is on the phone, which reveals to be Ellen. So in this episode, Ellen has been officially elected as President of the United States. She gives Margot a quick phone call congratulating her on the launch to Mars for NASA, and that is where the episode ends. So, overall, a fantastic episode for week 3 of For All Mankind Season 3 with the third episode. There are definitely a lot of revelations, a lot of surprises, and also what I saw is a growing rift between the cast, with some cast members choosing different sides in this episode, with some going to Helios, while some staying with NASA. So here are my questions I have going forward as we go into the Season 3 of For All Mankind from Apple TV. The first one is, will the alliance between Ed, Dev, and Karen hold together? Will Ed and Dev work together still positively going into season three or will a rift develop between the two of them and if so will Karen be the one that brings them back together because Karen definitely has shown her power persuasion in this episode and also for the rest of the season as well so maybe Karen will be one of the more primary characters in this season as it progresses there's also a latest commitment towards family and NASA she's committed towards her family but she's also committed towards NASA and it doesn't appear she can have it both ways so at the end of the episode in the 
a two-year time jump. Yelena is a flight director at NASA, so it makes me wonder what happened in that two-year time jump. Is Yelena still married? Is her father still living with her as she's committed towards her father with his dementia? That we don't know yet, but we might get those answers going forward into season three. But a big question I saw in this episode was, is Yelena going to be committed towards NASA and her family both, or does she have to choose one? Well, based on the ending in that two-year time jump, it appears that Yelena has a stronger commitment towards NASA. But I'm also sure we'll get answers of what happened with her family life in the two-year event, all the way to the Mars launch. And there's also Margot's dilemma and revelation, because right now Margot is in a very much in a bad spot right now. She's still working for NASA, she still has a top job, but also she's still an asset for the KGB, and no doubt she definitely gave the nuclear engine designs to the KGB, which helped the Soviet space program in order to help the Soviets launch on time in order to be competitors in the race towards Mars. But also, there's no doubt that Margot's mistake and Margot's working with the Soviets will no doubt be revealed. But just how will that come out? How will Margot's work with the Soviets be revealed? Well, I do have a theory on this, and here it is. Remember when Margot told Sergei she didn't want to give him the nuclear engine designs as it might have a military purpose? Well, in the end, she did. Based on how she looked when the episode ended, I do believe that the spacecraft the Soviets were sending to Mars does have Soviet troops on there, which are going to be deployed to Mars. Just like what happened in Season 2, when the United States sent Marine astronauts to Jamestown to reclaim their mining site from the Soviets, I do believe the Soviets learned from that, and them having long memories, they're going to send Soviet troops on their Mars mission, and once they land on Mars, they'll have Soviet troops in the planet of Mars, which will be a major problem not only for NASA, but also for Helios, once all three land on Mars. And once that does get revealed, with the Soviets having armed soldiers on Mars, many are going to wonder just how that happened. And just how were the Soviets able to pull that off? Well, it's all because of Margot. Margot's work with the Soviets, Margot giving the nuclear engine designs to the Soviets, might have given the Soviets the ability to do that very thing. Now, this is just speculation. This is just a theory. This may not happen in the end in For All Mankind Season 3. But that there is my main theory right now. That is, the Soviets will send troops to Mars, and that will also lead to Margot being revealed as her working with the Soviets. But what kind of consequences will she face? That remains to be seen, but that is my current theory at the moment. And also, who will win the race to Mars? The Soviets, the United States, or Helios? We don't know just yet. It looks like it'll be a close race at the end, but I don't know who I want to see win. I'm all about NASA winning, but I also don't want to see Ed get second place. So I'm divided on this. I'm divided between NASA and Helios in the race to Mars. So I haven't decided yet, but I also don't want to see Ed get second place this time around, which it means I probably want Helios to win in the end. But I also have that loyalty towards NASA and Danielle. So we'll see who wins in the race to Mars, but there's no doubt it will have drama and action. And also my final question is, how will Ellen do as president of the United States? It was revealed at the end of the episode that Ellen was elected president of the United States, but also Ellen, just like Margot and other characters in this show, has her own secret. Will Ellen's secret come out in this season? And also, if it does, just how much of an impact will it have on her presidency of the United States of America? And also, will Ellen play a greater role in this series? And also, if my theory in Margot's revelation does come true, what kind of 
crisis will President Ellen potentially have to contend with? I don't know right now, but no doubt will involve Mars, but also probably Margot's recent actions. And that there's my recap of Episode 3 for All Mankind Season 3 with the questions I have from this episode. By far an excellent episode, Season 3 is fantastic, and I can't wait to see Episode 4 and what happens next. It's also great to see the show's now back in outer space as the first three episodes had us on planet Earth, but no doubt there will be storylines playing out on Earth while we have storylines and action playing out in outer space. But overall, Episode 3, fantastic. And that there will do for me in this edition of Bruce Stilled. Do join me next time when I recap Episode 4 for All Mankind. And also do check out the NFL edition of this podcast, and we're currently exploring the parallel gridiron in where I explore NFL what-if scenarios. So also do check that out as well, along with our recaps of For All Mankind from Apple TV. Also, please check out this podcast on Instagram at Bruce Stilled Podcast on Instagram. It's where you find photos of all the beers and drinks profiled on this podcast. Also, please tell your friends and family about this podcast, and please rate this podcast in your desired podcast directory, as feedback is always appreciated. Go out to your choice in good beer, bourbon, and whiskey. And thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'll see you all next time. Until then, be brewed and be distilled, folks. Cheers. Cheers. <laughs>